You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey guys, welcome to another Friday episode of Cards to the Moon. We got the original crew back for episode number 63. I'm Clark of Five Card Guys, and co-hosting with me is Hyung of Integrity Sports Cards, and John, who is Trade You at Recess on Instagram. You know, we might have to think about having Will as a regular host after his stellar performance on the last podcast episode eh <laughs> well will was born born to be you know for speaking, sure you know agreed for sure 100 <laughs> percent. always well, welcome we'll work will. On it. yeah <laughs> for sure for sure <laughs> okay so off the top for this episode just wanted to get your quick thoughts on the recent news that fanatics collectibles has a new ceo to oversee its collectibles division which includes of course the tops brand zero cool and candy digital so the new ceo's name is mike mahan i think i'm pronouncing that correctly and what we know about him from the news release is that he's a television executive who previously ran dick clark productions as ceo producing big shows like the golden globe awards and billboard music awards yeah Mm. big big time shows and uh, long story short he's credited for driving large viewership to those programs and now he's tasked to essentially grow the fanatics brand and apparently he's a collector too that's what Mm. it says right so so what do you guys think especially with a lot of people thinking that you know josh luber who many people believed in uh was going to run the show but i guess he won't be the only one so what's what's mr luber up to he's still cveo chief visionary officer okay. whatever that means but yeah he's still on board so i'm assuming they hired uh who's it uh mahan mike mahan mahan yeah. uh i guess for his expertise and just bringing uh viewership um i guess like i i don't i don't know how i feel about it because i like it was it was kind of i guess um exciting that someone like uh, Luber would enter the market and then you have someone that, you know, loves the collectible space, especially with StockX and, and, and that whole deal. And now you have a new guy all of a sudden where, you know, the markets are kind of down and then it's this, is this news? But then I look at Fanatic's number and it's ridiculous how much business they, they do, right? Even in, you know, uh, this, this time, I guess you don't see the, uh, economic hit that, you know, they're probably going to face, but, I, from to this day, it's been it's been a hot brand in the collectibles market and also like apparel licensing, that that right. whole deal, right? So it's interesting to see, I guess, another new face. To me, it's not really like it doesn't like motivate me to do anything, you know, special. Like is is like for me, is it is it news <laughs> really? Like what are we gonna right, right. see from it? You know? Yeah. So, do you guys have any insight yeah. whether this was? kind of the plan to begin with like a chief visionary officer and then a ceo on top or is this a more recent development i have no idea this has to be more recent like and i think i think for the most part like hobbyists like they're like another another guy coming in we don't like you know and, (laughs) and that's that right so 
I, I think that's where a lot of people sit too. But I mean, if, if you're interested in the, I guess the NFT space, which is the other half, you know, they'd be excited for stuff like this where it's like, okay, let's see where this is going to kind of go. Right. Yeah. And this is exactly what we were talking about when Josh Luber came in, right? We're like, oh, he's a collector, hardcore collector, you know, it's in good hands. But who knows, you know, uh, they could bring an outsider in and this is exactly what people are right. worried about, right? But um, but yeah, it's interesting to see this news develop. Yeah. John, any thoughts? I don't, to be honest, um, I feel fairly positive about it. Uh, Luber, there's no question, man, like Luber's image or position in the hobby, he is taking a beating ever since he jumped on board with uh, those breakers. Right. Um, and there's just so many negative comments about him uh, in general and just his, I mean, you know, like we said before, maybe Luber saw the opportunity in the long term is a lot greater than the, the, the negative publicity in the short term. So he has, he has a greater vision, but in terms of this uh, new guy coming in, it, you know, he, I think Luber is obviously the expert on the, on more of the ground level in terms of, uh, you know, urban, you know, street, whatever's happening kind of like on day to day and what's happening in, in, in general culture. And right. then uh, the CEO looks like he's, he's coming in to really run the business. Cause let's not forget fanatics and tops are multi multi-million dollar enterprises. Right. So you can't just, mm-hmm. you know, no offense to Luber, but you can't have sort of like this green, um, CEO run this giant giant company, right? Sure. So, I think business wise, it makes sense. And if he really is sort of like this expert in the television space, uh, it could really be exciting, man. We could be seeing um, sports cards, tops, Netflix shows. I don't know something like that. Right. We could, it, it it could be well beyond just you know. I think people are really thinking, oh, they're gonna take breaking to a new level but I, I i honestly think it's probably a lot beyond that because breaking mm-hmm. you know breaking has had its moment and i think it's losing a lot of steam especially with a lot of the negativity that's been happening not just with those backyard break guys but just in general i think there's a lot of other companies that have been getting caught up uh in in some of the negative publicity so breaking i think had its moments but in terms of new you know just like new shows new ideas for the sports card space, I think, um, I think for me, I'm pretty excited about that. So I think this is business wise. I would assume this is a good move, but you know, for the hobby, for the people, we'll see. I also think it's going to change. Like John said, like breaking, right? Like, cause that was one of their kind of like, uh, goals is to like redistribute to breakers and change the kind of, um, I guess the essence of breaking and distribution, Mm. who gets, the reselling, the secondary market and all. So um, I, I believe like we need a little bit of that cleaned up. Uh, so I think that that's what they're going to probably bring in a lot more because they have the distribution to tops, right? So it's like, who gets who gets distribution now? Do just local card stores get, get accounts? Or they, are they looking for more of the influential path of, you know, um, other, other uh, I guess, um, influencers in the market sure. right so right. um i know they're trying to change the infrastructure just because now they have the the tops tops brand right so yeah that's true and the, no, you know it's the, interesting the, sorry and they'll have the luxury of having 
um, like Fanatics exclusive breaking only products, right? Like a Topps Chrome, yeah. whatever, right? Um, so that that'll they I'm could, sure yeah. help ignite some of the breaking activity when they when they come out with it. Yeah, it's interesting you guys bring that up because I was going to bring that up as a second point that in that news release where they announced the new CEO, um, they also mentioned as background information. I'm going to quote the release here: the business, i.e., Fanatics Collectibles will continue to serve fans, collectors, and partners across all channels, direct-to-consumer, hobby shops, and retailers, while opening doors to new businesses for Fanatics collectibles, such as breaking, which is what we're talking about Mm -hmm. here, secondary marketplaces, and more. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it looks like you guys are hitting the nail on the head. looks like they're going to do something with breaking, clean it up. Like, you know, if... Fanatics is going to put their brand name behind it. They better do it in a legit way right, where right. people can trust that brand name. And the other part of the secondary marketplaces, that's kind of interesting to me too. Like, are they looking to compete more directly with the Ebays and the PWCCs? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right, so right. that'll be an interesting play too, I think. Maybe kind of like a break to market right after, right? So it, yeah. it's you, you break and it goes directly into vault and you can start selling into other people's vaults. True. I could see that for sure. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Mahan runs the business. But um, I generally see this, yeah, like you, John, as more positive, knowing that they're actually putting more human resources to really get Fanatics collectibles off the ground. And it is a, you know, I, I can't remember what the numbers are in terms of the value and how much they want to appreciate it towards, but it's a pretty big number. Right. So yeah, they're they're going to need more than just a CVO, whatever that is, <laughs> heading the ship. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, let's move on then to our discussion topic today, which is revisiting the question of who are you targeting in the card market now, uh, especially now that the NBA season is officially over. Congrats to Dub Nation. And um, with the NFL also in the offseason and the NHL soon to be in the offseason, you know, historically cards in the offseason tend to take a dip. But now compound that with the state of the economy. I'm wondering if there's any players you're eager to pounce on if prices dip real low. This one's tough because, like like you said, it's uh, you're you're dealing with a lot of factors, like the state of the economy. One that one mm. being one of the biggest, and uh, you just kind of say, okay, when is the time? Right? It's a matter of when do I buy in? Because you you don't want to necessarily jump in too early and then. You know, sure. you're, you're, you could have bought two in the, in the meantime, right? Like right. six yeah. months later. But like, I, I think there's like, I, like we talked about in the earlier pods, like, like guys like LeBron James. I think there, when, when there's a buying opportunity there, I think it's, it's good to go a little more long term on kind of like, you know, real established goat type players, you know, the Trouts, the, you know, uh, the Curry's, the LeBron's, but obviously timing, timing, that's going to be very, very difficult. Right. So, um, I think me personally, I'm waiting a bit. Um, even uh, like before we time the market with, with seasons. Right. And I might do that with uh, dabble into it with guys that I think is really cheap. That's going to have like a big upcoming season, for instance. But in terms of Mm. like a a bigger play, I don't think uh, I'm going to go necessarily heavier on the younger stars because we see kind of, you know, uh, the market correcting in general, not only with pricing, but like even like uh, the hype of the chase, you know, of the young stars versus kind of like, okay. You know, where's the better investment overall? 
you know, and for sure. me, it would be guys like LeBron James, for instance. Like, I know he gets a lot of hate, but um, he's he's going to surpass, you know, uh, a milestone, huge milestone for the all-time, you know, uh, scoring leader. So it's like stuff like that in the long term, in the macro lens. Those are huge accomplishments that, you know, Hall of Famers, you know, GOAT-type players accomplish, right? And uh, that was the original reason why we got into, like, uh, or like say card investing or card collecting in the future when we were kids we were saying oh this card is going to be worth like millions of dollars because you would think <laughs> that he would uh, uh, like a Ken Griffey Jr. would be a Hall of Famer or one of the greatest to ever you know play the game right. and stuff like that right so I, f- I-, I feel like that's going to be more my play uh, kind of dipping into the and not necessarily time in the market um, because I think I think a lot of people are going to maybe uh you know, think that there's going to be a hype, but the state of the economy is so terrible that it's going to still be in play, right? So mm. it's not necessarily going to be like old times where, okay, load up on, you know, football and basketball because it's the off season because we could see those prices continually kind of, you know, retract and correct into its uh, its true value, true market value, sure. right? So e- even as the season begins, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for myself, I think I'm I'm with Young, uh, and and this is no, it's not a shocking answer. I think everybody kind of is on the same path when you have a bear market, and when you have external factors such as what's happening in the world, um, everybody's kind of at a pause in terms of expenditures and and where you spend your money on, and I think everybody is maybe somewhat nervous, maybe anxious. Um, Cautious is probably the best word for most people. So sports cards would kind of come secondary to a lot of other things like real life. So I think most people are generally in a hold pattern. Uh, for myself, I mean, in terms of my actual strategy, I feel like I'm be- beating a bit of a dead horse, but I got I got the Soto that I wanted. And next up is Luca. So at some point, you know, I'll look to, to make a move, but probably a bit, a bit later, maybe towards the end of the summer, uh, September is what I'm thinking. And then other than that, you know what, to be honest, I'm more on the path of our, our you know, Will, who was on last week. He has been on a run of really attacking personal collection, kind of enjoying the hobby for what it is. And I think that's what I plan to do as well. You know, like we are a collector first and foremost, and we're still enjoying the hobby, whether it's a, it's a down, like a really crashing market or if it's an amazing up market and i think the last couple of you know the last 24 months because the money in the hobby has been so great even as a hobbyist you can't help but buy cards that you think will make money for you to help you collecting or whatever you want to buy in the long term so we you kind of fall fall into the trap of purchasing investments more so than pc or whatever right so i think now a lot of that has come down and a lot of that has, you know, a lot of people taking L's and you don't want to really spend a lot of money on investments. I think for me, if I if you were to see me make some purchases in the next month, two months, three months, most likely you're going to see me get something like for the PC, like Chloe Kim, something really random and obscure <laughs> that I just, I, I just want for myself. You'll probably see me do something like that. Yeah. That makes sense to me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was trying to pressure you guys to choose a couple of guys, and but it looks like you're sitting on your hands. So I, I said a... LeBron. I, th- I think he's a buy. <laughs> okay, okay. 
<laughs> just when? <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe it, five thousand, four thousand for a top scroll. Honestly, I think I, I, to be honest, everything <laughs> everything is a buy, but it's really a matter of how much lower is it going to get, and then you know, time to make hey, a move. Right? Buy it on the way up. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a better strategy. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I, you know, I, I in essence I agree with you, but uh, just to make this podcast episode a little bit more interesting, <laughs> I'm gonna suggest a couple of guys. Where's Will when we like, need him? Yeah. Will, what he's actually buying stuff. Where the three of us are more, a little more cautious than Will. Um, I was, yeah, you know what? It's it's funny, but we, we say this all the time, goat players. And actually, we're going to do an episode, probably the next one, where we'll talk about chasing goats. That might be a good segment to dive into a bit deeper in our regular episode and see what that number is. You said 5,000, Hyung. Yeah, we'll see you know um, where it is now, but uh, that'll be a good segment for uh, next Tuesday. But for now, mm. just in general, like I, I like to target guys um, if I'm buying like, that I could see really high volatility on. I know that's what you like to do as well, Hyung, but, um, you know, uh, like guys like Jamorant, okay? Mm-hmm. Like when the Grizzlies were in the playoffs, like it was spiking. And of course, those that was the time not to buy. And now we're kind of in the off season. Like, you know, um, he's been out of the news cycle for the past month. You know, wait for another month or two wait for you know, the news to just kind of die down and maybe hopefully see those prices go even further down. Um, I might take the risk on getting like a nice Jamorant silver prism, you know, 2019 mm. prism. And I'm just looking at the card ladder chart now. And uh, the last one just sold for under a thousand. So 998. Wow. Very and decent. Yeah. And you know, and I think it could go down further, right? Yeah, like wait sure. till later in the summer. Sure. And you know, like how about if it hits six, 700, would you be tempted to pick one up then? Uh, I right? think so. Yeah, I yeah. think I would too, to be honest. I I just sold the Anthony Edwards silver for eight twenty US. So it's like, oh man, yeah. Ja, yeah. ja at that price is not is not a bad price. Right. That's another guy. I love Anthony Edwards. So right. like, if he drops down to even further down to six, seven, even yeah. five, I could see that happening. Right. I I gotta I gotta scoop him up. You know, and, and you know we talked about Jamarant in particular before because of that year's Prism set. You know the the um the short printed short print yeah, exactly i was looking for that word you know like i look at the pop count is 1358 compared to yeah. luca trazier where it's over 2000 for psa 10s right? right um so that card has that going for it and so yeah just kind of looking for those interesting plays you know like if i'm going to make a play i don't know maybe i i'm more hesitant to we say go for the gold players, but it's got to be really good value. Yeah, you know what I, yeah. Mean? I think like that's lot, lot. Yeah, long term, you go go for goat players, and then if you're if you're playing the flip game and you're timing the market, where it's right. like, you know what, I'm gonna gamble on you know Trey Young this year or John Morant or right, even right. like some football guys like uh, uh, you know I think Her- Herb and like Burrows like they're overpriced, so they have to absolutely play like crazy for them mm. to sustain those prices, right? So it's like you find a guy that you think is way cheap. He's so cheap that, you know, um, it's, it's an auto buy because it's the cost of grading and he has a great like season. I could see, you know, you flipping in that sense, right? Not necessarily that like the goat type players in, in, in that scenario. Right. Yeah. No, that's a really good point for sure. So yeah. Jamarant, Anthony Edwards for me on my watch list already. 
Nice. <laughs> and and um, even Giannis, I think, I, I don't know, man. You're sticking like, with the silvers, eh? I just, you know, I, no, I look at the colors too, but I yeah. mean, those, the values those are so still expensive. Up there for yeah. Colors. yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're dropping. Like, it, of course, if the colors go down as well, like that's my first preference, but you know, now even, would you, even would you, would you, would you, would you rather stick staying with like the prism brand and not going like select color? Like numbered, because that was our previous episodes where we're like, we rather the select colors, and then the the other flip side was no the liquidity, right? Yeah, that's yeah. So it's yeah. I you think I, I stick with Prism. I've honestly did a one eighty on that. Like I was all about select, colored, yeah. numbered, and then you know we had that episode where we talked about how select is screwing things up by overprinting <laughs> yeah. the parallels and and then on top of that you know honestly prism prices are fairly attractive now like before it's like oh i don't want to pay that much for prism you know and that was like the you know the higher end cards that people were going for but now that it's within our budget why not go for the you know the superior set yeah yeah I, I will say that we're gonna look back and 2018 and 2019 is going to be an enormous set. Like just there's so much talent coming out of those two years. And For it's sure, such yeah. a great like I, I personally love 2019 like Prism. I think it's like especially a silver like a jaw silver. You know, it's more like boxy. And I, I like 2019 better than 2018 personally in Prism. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think we're going to look back and it's going to be like, damn, that was that was a good time. We should have ripped more. Or we should have, you know, you know, bought more. Uh, just kind of like the '86 Fleer set. Like it's it's iconic. So many rookies, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the years, we're gonna look back and we're like, damn, Luca, Ja, Zion, you know, Hero, SGA. Like, there's so many guys that just come out of those two sets. So, um, no, I like I, I like your your buys, especially the Ja, just because it's uh, short printed and. Yeah, the yeah. cards are beautiful. It's a silver prism for that year. Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the 2019 prism, you sent us a link just before this episode, Young. Zion Williamson, you buying? It's freaking he's he's absolutely <laughs> ripped again. This guy, I swear, I don't know, I don't know what to believe. Like I one day I see him he's 325 pounds. The next day he's like shredded. He's he looks like a ninja. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like I don't know if you guys seen his post or follow uh, Zion Williamson on uh, Instagram, but see his latest post and just you know scroll one over. He he's in the gym. He looks he looks like he's sure? in very very good shape. Are you sure that wasn't recorded earlier? That might have been. You <laughs> never know. This this could have been twenty twenty Zion. You know, yeah. coming out of the pandemic. Johnny, you had an interesting idea. Yeah. of what Zion's like? No, I was I was saying offline that Zion it reminds me of Harden. Whenever these guys are to be marketed either for a trade or for a comeback, they're always in, in the gym looking ripped, looking fit. <laughs> like Harden looks like he loses 100 pounds. Then he gets traded. Zion comes back. And all of a sudden, these guys have like 300 pound dad bods again out of nowhere. <laughs> like, what right. the heck? Yeah. It's, it's fraudulent, man. Don't believe it. Uh, you know what? I, I I don't know if I mentioned in a previous episode, but I, I did sell my Zion Select Light Blue number to two ninety nine. Should have waited a week. Card Expo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but now now that I sold it, um, of course it's gonna, um, of course Zion's gonna rip in the, <laughs> <laughs> this coming season. But 
we'll see. All right. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the market plays out. You know, something we'll always uh, keep tabs on. And uh, you know what? Hopefully we'll be able to report back with some cards we scooped up in a future episode uh, this summer. All right, that wraps up this episode. We'll keep it short for this Friday. But uh, as always, thanks for all our listeners and subscribers. We really appreciate your support. And uh, if you haven't already and you enjoyed this episode, uh, if you could give us five stars, that would be awesome. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on Tuesday for our next full episode. Hey, thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at 5cardguys, or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at TradeU at Recess. You can also check us out at 5cardguys.com. Thanks again, and hope to connect soon.